I was packing for the conference and I was putting things in my suitcase. I'm always reminded that whenever I go to these conferences, I usually help out with a lab, so I've got a dummy from our sim lab or some version of... Don't talk about Drew like that, he's not here. <laughs> Drew is not here, that's true. You can't defend Because he has a dummy from the sim lab. Drew, I'm watching out for you. Yeah, but there's always that thing that you pack in your bag and you just wonder what it looks like under x-ray. A good example is John and I were at a conference two weeks ago in Vegas and we, we bring our mobile recording with us and I imagine every time we go somewhere, I know that's gonna get checked by TSA because when I put all the pieces in together, I imagine they imagine my suitcase as a bomb in it. Because mm -hmm. it's got a bunch of like long rods and some discs and some other squares and a couple mobile recorders that look like devices that might like set the bomb off. Mm -hmm. But then I got to thinking about all the crazy things I've actually packed in a suitcase to bring to a medical conference. And so I wanted to ask the panelists, and we'll ask the crowd, what's the craziest thing you've put in your suitcase? This is to come such, to a medical conference. Such a loaded question because he already knows my answer and he's the reason that this <laughs> happened. And I'm gonna share this with you. I would share this with you more intimately with like a glass of wine beside a grotto pool and a smaller group. But since you're all here and we're all family, I will just share it very quickly with you now. And so I had a conference that I was going to and for the conference, there was gonna be a hands-on lab, if you can imagine. Hands-on lab for I'm what? not there yet. Okay, all right. I'm, I'm I know still mad. But yet, what you have to understand is there was this, this place in this lab, and then we were going to another conference, back-to-back -back conferences. So I had to pack the big suitcase. It couldn't just be the carry-on. And so for my residents, they were going to present a hands-on lab, which makes this sound even worse, because it was about priapism. Yes. So I love how this is gonna go. People are now putting it together. I love how this is gonna so go. So they, they were coming out at different times and needed me to, because I was flying Southwest, so I had an extra suitcase, so I said I would pack the stuff. So I go to the sim lab and they hand me a, a bag of stuff. And I don't know what it is, because I didn't know it was a priapism lab at the time. I just knew I was taking stuff for residents. So they hand me a, a bunch of stuff, and you know they tell you at airports, there's like announcements like, do not accept packages from unknown, well I did. Because these are SimLab people, they're my people, and I should be able to trust them. So I put the thing in the thing, didn't think a thing about it, like it didn't matter if it had liquids and whatever, because I was flying it, I was like no aerosols, were good. Well also, in the meantime, I knew I was gonna get to see Andy in a couple of weeks, and I had been on a really fun trip where I got to spend time, I call them like my adopted kids, I got to spend time with, with my extended family. And, and while we were at Disney World, one of Andy's Padawans mentioned that he wanted this stuffed animal and they, they, they couldn't find it, it sold out. It was one of those like Disney things that, oh, we're gonna sell this at 10 o'clock and at 10 one, they're like, we're really sorry, we didn't know people would want it, we sold out. So, so anyway, I knew some people that knew some shady people and I got this thing and I was gonna bring it down, so anyway, it then turns out that I realize after I get there and I open up the suitcase and there's a note from the TSA, we really enjoyed inspecting this package. So it wasn't just the normal, this has been inspected. No, 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 it wasn't know. like, we're sure <laughs> there's a reasonable explanation and that's just all it says. It's like on the little TSA sheet. And I don't wanna get any TSA worker fired, so you can pretend that that didn't really happen if you want. Um, it may or may not be fictional, but no, it did happen. <laughs> and, so, and so I open it up and what do I have? I have a, a kid's stuffed animal stitch. And because they've you know, opened to check it, I have six 
live, realistic size. Live or just? Li no, they're live, they're live. I'm fairly certain when I saw them, they were moving in my head. Priapism trainers, which could be called by other words, but I'm gonna just leave that to, it, to itself. And, and they were, there they were, just all unwrapped and assorted around. A stitch doll. A stitch doll. I've, I'm sure I'm on a list somewhere, is all I can say. It literally, it, and it didn't get better. The rest of the stuff, no needles, yeah, I'm lubricant. Thinking, I'm thinking of the other things that all are of these things oh. that went with priapism stuff: needles, oh, lubricant, no. a seductive kids doll. I am on a list, you guys, and I am convinced that I can never get off that list. There is, I don't even know. And when I landed, that was the first thing I said to you. You're never living this down either, because nope. I'm never going to let nope. you. It's a shared story. It's a shared story. Yeah, yeah you're uh, you're going to want to avoid travel. I try. I never. Have any of you ever had the SSSS on your nobody? Really? Not a single one of you. None of us have had a. I knew one person. Seriously, if you've ever had SSSS on your, not a single person. Okay. Well. What is that? Well, let me tell you. It's the list. If you don't know, even if you have clear and pre-check and all the things. You can receive something called SSSS. It prints at the very top of your thing. It stands for Specially Selected for Secondary Screening. And since I've flown around with a bag full of priapism trainers and a kid's toy, I've now gotten it twice. <laughs> I will tell you, it is the TSA equivalent of a full cavity search. Yeah. Um, oh. And I'm not, I'm not even joking a little bit. First oh of all, you can't get your boarding pass. That's your, if you ever get this now. Your boarding pass won't load on your phone. It says you have to go to a gate agent. And you go to get it, and they, you have to take a paper pass. And when you, when you hand it to the people, you're like, well, here. Or they print it for you. Every, the, my, my N of two, they go, oh. Yeah. yeah. They just hand it to you, and they're like, don't lose this. You're going to have an experience. And so they, when you hand them your bag, like, you know how normally you just hand the bag, and they're like, thank you. You hand them the bag, and they're like, and your bag goes somewhere else. And then you go to like the TSA pre-check lane and they're like, no, no, no. We have a special line for you. And so you go to this special place and they start taking like all your stuff out like normal, but they take literally everything. And the funniest part is they have no sense of humor. Like, because I didn't know the first time what was happening. I just thought, well, Canada's really strict. So they're taking out all their stuff and they're normally a friendly folk. They're taking out all the stuff. And they take out, and I've flown, so they've taken my laptop and iPad and everything, and they, they take out my iPad and they hand it to me and they go, turn it on. And I'm like, okay. And I turn it on and hand it back and my laptop, and they turn it on, okay. And I'm like, so I, I'm really nerdy. I charge all my electronics, but like, wouldn't it be funny if, if, you know, if I hadn't charged them and one of them would turn on? And without even looking up from what they're doing, they go, no, it wouldn't be funny at all. We would confiscate it and detonate it. And I was like, ooh, this is not the part of Canada for me. Oh. Yeah. You would confiscate so anyway, it turns out that there was another John Casey who apparently is on a list and has a different middle name, and they were trying to fly and shouldn't have tried to fly. That was what I was told. But no joke, people. If you see SSSSSSSSSSSS on your on your boarding pass or you get that. Get ready. Get ready, give yourself four hours to get through the airport and even then your luggage won't arrive on time. Oh on time. man. So yeah, wow. true story. Twice after that, yeah.
That's what I got. that say, boy, Dan, this one's really disappointing now. Yeah, it's going to be a little lower. <laughs> we were super excited looking at the notes from last time. Right. And man, yeah. we're so disappointed. Yeah. Exactly, yeah. So. The closest thing I have to what John had is, I remember I was a senior resident coming to ACOAP. I was flying to Las Vegas. I was with Drew and Tanner, and we were all bringing stuff. And I was bringing a pediatric airway head and a glide scope. Not a big deal to me, not thinking anything of it, but I remember our sim director saying, this cannot be checked because they'll rip it apart because they'll, they'll confiscate and whatever. And so I thought, well, I'll carry this on. This isn't a big deal. So I just have a duffel bag, and in the duffel bag is a pediatric intubation head, a glide scope that's in this fancy carrying box, and then Wait, a bunch you, of ET tubes. You thought you could carry a baby's head onto an airplane hey, and nobody was going to be the, like... The TSA guy. So I go like, through TSA pre-check, and I'm thinking everything Phone wires, like, head, oh, God. Sure. Yes, that's exactly what I thought. Okay. Uh, wrong thought, by the way, if you're wondering. Mm -hmm. Any heads in a bag, regardless of what they're for. And so I go through TSA pre-check, and I hand in my bag. And, you know, you go through, no problems. And you're, like, waiting for your bag. And usually just, like, this, like, non-emotional, they scan your bag, it goes through. Um, I just see the guy get to my bag, and his eyes get real big. And he kind of stands up and, like, runs towards the end of the conveyor belt. And I'm like, <laughs> frick. There's a baby head on the bag. There's a baby head on the bag. And then three other people come up and they go, whose bag is this? Like, whose bag is this? And I was like, it's mine. And they're like, come with us. And I'm like, I look at Drew and I'm not coming back. Like, there are three <laughs> TSA officers. And so they take me to this, like, back alley room in the Columbus airport. And uh, one of them slowly starts emptying the bag with the other two standing behind me. And I'm just imagining at any moment there's going to be, like, a cement buckets with my feet. The hood's going to go over your head. It's going to go over my head. And then I had to, like really quickly explain why there was a baby's head with a bunch of these weird looking tube things. And from their x-ray, what looked like a gun in a box. Oh, God. The, the GlideScope oh, blade looks like a gun. And so I literally like had to explain, I was like, well, hey, I'm a, I'm a doctor and I'm going, I'm like pulling out my phone, like I'm going to this conference in Vegas. Go reach for your pocket, yeah. sir. Oh, man. <laughs> I'm like, I'm going to this conference in Vegas. And luckily I had some like ET tubes in my backpack that weren't in that bag. And I was like, well, you see, this is for, and I like sling it open and they're like, what? And so, but I actually like intubate the baby in this back TSA thing and they're like, Whatever, man. Just get your crap and get out of here. Like, <laughs> yeah. Just, like, All right, weirdo. Fine. I was able to like doctorly like justify why I was in my carry-on bag, but note to self. I ship those now. There's this thing called FedEx that yeah. takes care of it. Did you hear all the other TS agents going, what's in the bag? <laughs> what's in the bag? What, what did you do when the agent was like, do you know a Dr. Casey? <laughs> yeah, because he's, like, on our yeah, list. he's like, whatever, man, just get on your plane, and you're getting all of the S's next time again. Yeah. So luckily, because it wasn't in a, a checked bag, I don't get the S's, but yeah. yeah. I don't want the S's. But, but as I flew to Las Vegas, I had a bag full of legs for a trainer that we were doing. <laughs> And I also was worried that like, I was going to get pulled over for that as well. So things we do for medical education. You just got to stop putting body parts in airline bags. Yeah. It'd be hard to kind of get away from that if it happened. Because <laughs> it's got legs. Oh, your legs are in the back. Oh. Yeah. Oh. That was not as good as your normal one, John. Oh. Well, it was, but like. So the other two people that are here. Tell me John. I don't have a leg to stand on. <laughs> it's probably in your bag. Jeff, Carissa, <laughs> any weird things you put in a bag for a conference that you want? No, I mean, I've packed normal sealing and IV stuff, get ready for a med war, mm -hmm, nice. for fun. But med war, that's yeah. also residency night out for dinner. Shh, yeah. we don't need to talk about that. <laughs> yeah, yeah, you can come up with all kinds of reasons to put stuff in bags. Yeah, that's true. I think the, the weirdest one that, that I traveled with was a, it's the, the fluid pump for a car windshield wiper motor. Yeah. And it's, frankly, for you said med war is the same kind of thing, so I do a lot with medical education, and then we do a medical wilderness adventure race, and we were doing one out uh, in Snowmass, and we were able to, actually my ultrasound fellow made a pumping arterial bleed 
by using like an RC controller and the little motor from, from the windshield wiper fluid. <laughs> so I could click a button and it would go psh, 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 psh. And I realized, so I had that attached to, we connected the camelback bladder to a Foley to be able to like have like a rubber flexible tube to sneak up someone's shirt. So I had a Foley connected to a camelback bladder, yeah. a remote control, and a little tiny motor. So I'm sure they looked at my bag and went, that's for sure an explosive. Mm -hmm. uh, so I, I definitely got stuck with that one. They wiped that whole thing down and put it through the machine. They were like, what is this? And I was like, if I told you, I don't know if you would believe it. Because in my head, we're like, oh, I, it's an arterial bleeding sim. And they go, it's a, a what for, for bleeding? You wait, what? And it was an interesting conversation. Mm -hmm. Yeah, when you have to work your way of explaining yeah. these things, you realize that TSA agents have zero medical knowledge Right. They really don't want to have any medical knowledge, right. and you really can't walk your stuff off of it. And we're trying to rationally explain why do we have all of these simulated body parts with what appear to be scary-looking instruments, and yeah. there's really not an explanation for the layperson that's going to be okay. Yeah. Right? We're right. Kind of, everyone just kind of goes, well, this is messed up. Yeah. yeah. But they will get your cuticle scissors every single time. Oh, man, yeah. those things are gone. Yes. 100%. Yeah. Yeah. Your cuticle yeah. scissors, the little tweezers that look a little too sharp. Mm -hmm. Yeah, so well, this is the audience. So we have Molly and Patricia for this first half. What's the craziest thing you've ever packed in a bag and either gotten like pulled over by TSA or gotten a weird note in your bag? Or thought about it later, that was a really dumb thing to do. It wasn't like a crazy thing, but I had my Leatherman trauma shears in my bag and I forgot they were all the way at the bottom. And I didn't necessarily leave them at work, so I just threw them in my backpack. And then I get there, and of course they see it on the on the X-ray, so they pull me out. And then they go, the lady pulls them out, and she's like, "What are these?" And I'm like, "They're trauma shears." So she pulls them out, and she's trying to figure out how to undo them, and she can't do it. And I go, "I, I could show you how to do it." Well, apparently you're not supposed to say that either, because she's like, "No, I will figure it out." I'm like, "Okay, right?" So. They, she finally did figure it out. It took her a long time. And then she takes it, and there's this like ruler up on the wall, and she takes them up to the ruler. And I'm thinking in my head, Jesus, $70 down the toilet, right? And she goes, oh, good, under three inches, they're fine. I'm like, you could seriously kill somebody with those shears. Yeah, I could and cut I'm your allowed to take off. them. Yeah. But then, on the other hand, my son is a figure skater, and he is allowed to take his figure skates with those, you know, eight-inch sharp blades on carry-on line. So wow. it doesn't make any sense to me. Like, <laughs> apparently, yeah. do not leave your trauma shears. You do not want the problem with that. I, I do have a, a fun hack that I learned from my mother-in-law. She's an excellent cook, and when she travels, so she makes what I assume can only be gallons of tomato soup from homemade tomatoes that they grow, and she freezes it and puts it in the, puts it as a carry-on. Yeah. And each time, they stop her and they pull it out and she goes, yeah, it's tomato soup. It's frozen, it's a solid. So the amount of times where she just comes, and by the time, maybe the, the, the time she gets to us, it's you know, now moved from a solid to a liquid. And she's what I just realized is that if one of the people in the room is a serial killer, we were giving them some I know, really this is, good yeah, this is not, yeah, maybe we, maybe we edit that out. Uh, but that it, it blew me away, I went, oh. No. That's Covered fantastic. limbs, blood, genitals, heads. 
Great talk, guys. Yeah. Torsos up on deck. Yeah, nice. Anybody else in the in the so Molly. Oh yeah. So I think the only thing that makes the TSA situation worse is when there's also an additional language barrier. So I watched one of my attendings when I was a fellow. We were headed to Myanmar to do some teaching with a hospital there, and we were taking a couple of CPR training dubbings, right? So not the fancy ones you can intubate, just the torsos. And he's carrying this through Hong Kong TSA, and they're like, you watch all of them just get really confused, and there's a lot of conversation going on. And so they pull him over, ask him to take it out of the bag. They take it out of the bag. They're looking at him. They're looking at the dummy being like, okay, weirdo. And he's trying to explain it, but there's a very obvious language barrier. So then, of course, what does he do next? He decides to demonstrate yes. on the dummy what it's being used for and proceeds to do two minutes of very excellent chest compressions on this dummy with these two TSA women standing there just watching him and eventually going, we can't handle this anymore. Just yes. please go, sir. Just, just please move on. Well, that's the move then. Just be awkward enough for like five minutes. <laughs> where they just like let you leave with whatever's in your bag. So you They clearly gave up. They are just like, we can't handle this anymore. When I was in medical school, I flew home for a break and took with me my bone box, which included a human skull. That was pre-911 though, so 9-11. Yeah, I imagine post-911, you're on a list. There are lists out there for people that take bones, so. Wow. Anybody else? Come on, John, John shared about a box of you know, unmentionables in a, in a, in a baby doll. So. Really? Oh, one haircut. I also have a bone box story. I was a medical student in New York, and I had a blowout on the Long Island Expressway where there was no shoulder. So we were stressed about these bone boxes, how expensive they were, and I left my books, I left everything in the car, but I grabbed that bone box out of the car and got up the embankment onto where the service road was, and these guys saved me. They brought my car into the shop, and I was sitting there on a stool in Queens holding the box on my lap, <clears throat> and the mechanic was from Jamaica. And he's like, what's in the box? You know, I'm like, oh, you don't want to know. So I open it up, there's like, you know, skeleton. I thought these guys thought that I was like some kind of witch doctor. They didn't know what it was. It was Ghost very lady. Funny. Yeah. It was very funny. All I had was like my purse and my box of bones. Yeah. Oh, man, that's a really good look. That's really all you need. Yeah. I yeah. Mean, it's, what else could you need? Ugh. Yeah, bouncing off the trauma shears when I went home for Christmas after first year of medical school, my mom was like, oh, I have this earache. So I brought my otoscope. Yeah, that was a weird one. They weren't sure what to do with that. Mm -mm. No. I'm like, this isn't a doctor's office. Yeah, they were like, what? Yeah. And, and when I was thinking about this question, I thought about the other crazy things I've done for conferences in ACOAP. Mm -hmm. It was 2017. We were in Port Saint. We were, what, Bonita Springs in Florida. And we, we were doing an ultrasound lab with the residents and then for the attendings. And GE had sent us the machines, but no ultrasound gel. And so I'm in Florida. I'm, I have a rental car. I text our ultrasound director. And I'm like, hey, man, they don't have any ultrasound gel. What works and, and, and instead? And he goes, just go to Target and buy a bunch of KY jelly. And I was like, <sighs> yeah. I was yes. going to say Kentucky jelly is about to get mentioned here. Yeah, isn't yeah. It? Yep. And, so, and so we're at this Target, and it just happens to be where it's myself and then two of the, three of the resident planners, which are two males and another a female. Um, well, actually, one of, our, one of our team members, Caitlin Bowers, was the female with us. And the largest bottle that they would sell was these five ounce bottles of KY jelly. And so I again call my ultrasound director. And I'm like, hey, this is what I'm doing. How many, are gonna, how many do I need to buy? And he goes, like 50. Clean them out. <laughs> and so I get everyone on the shelf and I have to ask the manager to go in the back and get me more. <laughs> and then as we're checking out, the only thing available is the self checkout and there's a lady at the end. 
And so it's myself, two other gentlemen, and, and Caitlin scanning out 50 things of KY jelly. And, and the lady comes up to us because I think she's concerned. <laughs> she comes up and she goes, are you guys okay? And then one of the resident planners, who's Cameron Meyer, who's a friend of the show, been on our show before, he goes, oh, we're gonna have a great time tonight. And then he just like straight face. And we just like walk out with 50 things of KY. And I was like, if the cops get called and the, that we do not make it to our car, that yeah. lady's probably doing a good job with her yeah. life. Because I would have, from her standpoint, been like, something is about to go down that is not good. I, I could have held it together for the whole thing until you scanned the last one and then that stupid thing would have said, slide your card, and I would have lost it. <laughs> I would have just been like, I just bought 50 things of KY Jelly and now you want me to slide my card. Yeah. Okay. No, it was, or insert yes. it. Yeah, it was, it was one of those moments where I'm glad it was like a 10.30 at night at Target because nobody else was there. This was not a purchase you make midday with moms <laughs> yeah. and their kids there and all the Families, others. Families, so, yeah. yeah. No, 100%, so. Anybody else have one before we move on to the other part of the show? John? I got nothing. Okay. That's well, what I try to tell the TSA. I got nothing. And, got nothing. And they didn't believe me. They didn't believe you. I'm just really glad you didn't have me like take that KY. And, and the train that into the bag and the lead. Can you imagine? I just to this day. and the stitch doll. And I think the, the, to me, like the first part's not bad, but the stitch doll's, I'm sure. No, oh, the stitch doll was so the one that opened part it up. They said, yeah, what, what role does the stitch doll play well, in well, this? I mean, scenario? if you haven't like figured it out yet, it, the worst part of it was I now knew what was wrong and had to repack all the same crap because I did, <laughs> couldn't get the kid's head until I went to Florida. Yeah. And so I was in San Diego, the longest possible flight you can do. I mean, I'm flying on the plane thinking the whole time underneath me is a suitcase with a kid's toy and six life-size penises. And, I, and wasn't there a cruise boat in between there too? That like somebody at Disney was gonna see this too? Yes. Yeah, yeah, yeah. No, it's the things we do for medical education and the things we do for the conferences. Well, congrats on making it all the way to the end of that EM Over Easy episode. Don't forget, we are the official podcast of the American College of Osteopathic Emergency Physicians. To learn more about this great organization, head on over to asoep.org today.